For centuries, uh, countries have used islands to house some of their uh, most feared miscreants. The US, of course, Alcatraz, the French had Devil's Island, uh, Australia. Well, there was Cockatoo Island in Sydney and Rotnest in the West. Prison islands were once common in Latin America too. Uh, But in 2019, Mexico abandoned the last one in the region, mainly due to its cost. So it, it may surprise you to hear the president of Honduras wants to build a new island prison 150 miles off the Caribbean coast to lock up a couple of thousand people. Here to explain is Tiziano Breda. He's a researcher at the Institute of International Affairs in Rome and a former Central America analyst with Crisis Group. I have recently been horrified by the images coming out of Honduras of uh, of prison violence. Tell me about what's going on there. It's a what? There's about nine million people. Who's who's the current president? Uh, well, thanks for having me, Philip. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Honduras uh, is one of the poorest countries in Latin America, and it's, con- it's a country that's been torn uh, for years by the violence created by uh, um, uh, drug trafficking groups and also criminal gangs that originated in the U.S., mostly in uh, in, in California in the 80s, and then expanded where um, in, in Central America after uh, mass deportations in, in the 90s. Um, so what's going on now is that um, there's a new president uh, called Xiomara Castro, the first uh, female president of the country. Uh, she took over in 2022. Um, and she's the wife of uh, Manuel Zelaya, uh, former president as well, uh, that was ousted uh, in 2009 through a coup d'état. Um, so she uh, promised uh, to uh, she promised a fresh fresh start, basically, in the security realm. Uh, over the past decade, um, the right wing conservative uh, national party that ruled the country had sort of militarized public security, you know, creating a lot of bodies that were fully controlled by the by the military uh, which somehow managed to make levels of, of violence subside a bit by beheading these uh, drug cartels that existed um, but, and but also you know to the massive to the detriment basically of uh, uh, of human rights because there were massive um, accusations of human rights abuses by these by these forces and Castro promised to change that to to bring a more humanized more civilian led um, security model uh, that focused more on community policing violence prevention etc. But the problem is that she gave a lot of tasks to the police, uh, so taking away some of those of that power that uh, the, the military had, uh, had taken over the control of prisons and public security in general, uh, but to a police that wasn't prepared for that. So uh, the last year we saw an increase in extortion activities, um, that created a lot of public outcry, uh, which forced her to take uh, progressively more hardline measure and uh, more in line with uh, with, uh, with their predecessors, basically. Um, and what pre- precisely now has made uh, you know announced this new jail being built on an island, uh, but also uh, uh, sort of a comeback of the military to control these jails and to have a more prominent role in public security was uh, uh, an atrocity that took place in. Uh, 
uh, a month ago uh, in a female prison system, uh, in a female prison that left 46 inmates dead. Uh, it was a huge blow to her public image because precisely she, she was a president that came out with on a platform to, you know, promising to defend women, to, to their rights, etc. And she's the first female prison, uh, president. And um, this tragedy happened on a female uh, jail. And uh, and that's that's what explains these plans. I must say the image that came out of that jail are unforgettable. Is the, is the country still under night curfew? Uh, the curfew, my understanding is that it was lifted because there was a lot of pushback by business activities um, in the northern part of the country in particular. Um, but it's still under a state of emergency, actually, that suspends some constitutional rights um, uh, uh, with the promise that through this, uh, the government is going to be able to, to, to ensure you know, the, 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 the safety uh, of the citizenship. Now, is um, Castro's announcement about this sort of prison island, is is this a serious proposal or uh, is it about uh, PR? Well, there's there's a, a great component to it that does a lot to do uh, with uh, precisely yeah public image to contain the damage um, to the popularity of the president uh, that these violent episodes um, uh, you know imply. Uh, so there's a, there's a recall of some measures that have been taken by the neighboring country's president uh, El Salvador's president Nayib Bukele, who has precisely launched a sort of a dragnet on on gangs through a state of emergency, uh, calling what was um, announced to be a sort of a war on gangs, uh, building a new mega jail in which the, they would host like 40,000 uh, inmates, uh, according to, to the government announcements, and that somehow has been effective in neighboring El Salvador because it has managed to, to uh, really dismantle uh, gangs operation in that country. And it's a lot popular. It's very popular, not only in El Salvador, but also elsewhere. So by sort of uh, uh, borrowing you know, the, the, this rhetoric and, and measures, uh, the Castro's government uh, wants to appear as a, as committed as Bukele and sort of benefit from, from that public image, from that popularity that this measure have. I had no idea that uh, island prisons had been so common across Latin America, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Mexico, Panama, Peru, heavens above, and mostly closed down because they're so damned expensive. Well, yeah, I mean, the problem is, of course, one of management. But the problem with Honduras is, uh, I think, is related to the fact that they are not able to control the prison uh, on, on land, let's say, in, in the territory. And so the only way they could find uh, an alternative uh, for for to build a prison that would effectively curb communications of inmates uh, with the outside would be to um, isolate them on a, on a small island in the Caribbean uh, in the Caribbean Sea. Um, now uh, it can be done in the short term. My doubts are uh, related to to its effectiveness because, of course, um, it, it will well first of all come at, at the cost no, of of uh, the the safeguard of the rights of inmates, like family visits, uh, you know, and uh, and in general terms, it, it has complications from a, pub, a health point of view if they have an emergency or even for for the maintenance of, of the jail. Uh, no, let's is, look at uh, this. Let's look 
look yeah. at this human rights issue. You know, the na- neighbouring El Salvador launched a, an extraordinary crackdown on gangs over a year ago and they locked up, wait for this, listeners, 60,000 people in the space of a year, which led, of course, to uh, human rights abuses. Yeah, actually, the, the 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 latest that I've seen is that we're actually above seventy one thousand. Um, so just to give you an idea and to your listeners, that means that together with those who were previously in jail, uh, the uh, one in every uh, fifty citizens in El Salvador is now behind bars. Um, that's that's a great problem uh, because of course uh, there, there are thousands of of complaints of uh, uh, arbitrary detentions and. Uh, at least 300 people have died in jails, uh, some with signs of uh, violence, um, and nobody has been held accountable for that. Uh, now, Honduras is not going, uh, I think, to implement these measures to the same extent for several reasons, among those the fact that the, the president is anyway trying to keep you know have uh, their promise her promise to not you know violate massively human rights uh, i would i would the, imagine that, the, that these uh, that this policy or these policies plural are pretty popular with many people they are because people are fed up with gangs. Um, they have had their mobility and um, rights and also the, the, the right to life uh, suspended for, for decades now, uh, particularly those communities that are where, where gangs are very present and enforce a real sort of a criminal government governance system. Um, so when they see uh, measures that, uh, you know, even, even if brutally Attack, attack these gangs, uh, they're definitely happy. But of course, at some point, they would like to see some results besides rhetoric. Um, and in El Salvador, this was the case, but I'm not sure in Honduras. I know that a recent report by a human rights group uh, found that 153 prisoners died in custody during the, the year-long crackdown we were talking about. I have to ask you this, is the death penalty used in the area? No, it's actually not. Uh, there are there have been calls to uh, sort of um, implement it, to 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 legalize it, but still um, those countries have refrained from from that from that practice. What they have done though is to basically um, extend uh, or you know um, the sanctions for 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 gang related crimes. Uh, so in El Salvador, just membership can be punished with uh, between thirty and forty five years in jail. So it's not going to be a death uh, a penalty, but it's going to be a life sentence in many cases. As you pointed out, El Salvador has one of the highest rates of incarceration in the world. But let us remember. It's in close contest with the U.S., isn't it? Yes, actually, uh, they've just um, uh, over uh, outnumber basically uh, the the U.S. Uh, in this uh, sad uh, ranking of uh, of countries with uh, with the highest prison rates. Now, El Salvador stands at the, the top of the world. Now, while I've got you, the this year. Honduras has also made a seismic shift in its foreign policy. We've been uh, discussing you know, the role of uh, China in the Pacific and I learned from you that they've officially broken ties with Taiwan and opened an embassy in China. Why is that? 
Well, it's part of a broader trend. Uh, in Latin America, over the past 15 years, uh, Taiwan has lost its diplomatic um, relations in, uh, in at least a dozen countries. And now, I think worldwide, only 13 countries still hold diplomatic relations with Taiwan. Uh, the facts, I mean, the, the main reasoning for that is that... Um, People perceive, like governments perceive, that China has more to offer in terms of uh, trade. Uh, and also, it can offer sort of a political backing, uh, in, at least in their eyes of the of policymakers, um, that could somehow um, so, uh, sort of uh, limit, contain the uh, influence that the U.S. has historically had in the region. And so that the governments can balance this sort of influence and if you want pressure that the U.S. can apply to this government, many of whom have sort of undemocratic tendencies, uh, by the backing, by building a backing uh, of, of another country that certainly doesn't attach uh, any particularly strict um, uh, conditions to, to their funding lines. Clearly, the only long-term way of uh, dealing with, uh, with gang violence is to get some economic energy, some vigour to lower the unemployment rates. Absolutely. Uh, as I was saying, Honduras is the uh, second uh, poorest country in Latin America um, and uh, has, uh, I think, a poverty rate of over 70% of the population living below, below the poverty line. Um, many of these youngsters do not have the opportunity to study uh, to get even public transportation in the communities they live because um, the, the, the buses wouldn't serve uh, certain communities due to fear of being extorted. Um, and they certainly cannot find uh, decently paid jobs. Uh, also because there's a lot of stigma within the business community. So if you're coming from this or that community, uh, you won't be uh, hired, even though you may be uh, a great fit for, for the job. Uh, because there is a fear that you may have ties to these uh, to these criminal organizations. So oftentimes, the only options that remain are either gangs or migration. Turbulent times indeed. And uh, Tiziano, thank you for coming on. Tiziano Brera, a researcher at the Institute of International Affairs in Rome and formerly a Central American analyst with Crisis Group. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.